Welcome back to another episode of the Reasonable Fan Podcast. I didn't expect to be podcasting again so soon. Um, and actually, this time I'm not going to be talking about the Calgary Flames, even though there has been some news uh, since the draft was last week. But I, I prefer to cover the Flames a little bit closer to the season, probably in the middle of training camp or, or closer to the season opener, just when there's a lot more to talk about than there is right now. And I don't really like talking about the draft anyways, since it's mostly speculation. So with that being said, um, one of Calgary's other professional teams just started their uh, season, and that is the Calgary Stampeders. And me being a season ticket holder to the Stampeders for the last long time, as long as I can remember, actually, I figured it'd be fun to actually start doing some podcasts about the Stampeders. And it's a little bit easier to keep up with them as well, since they only play once a week, as opposed to the Flames who play all the damn time in the wintertime. Anyway, um, I, uh, I'm i kind of excited to do this one. This, the Stampeders are a team I've followed for as long as I can remember, and um, they do hold a special place in my heart, and the CFL does too, just in general. Uh, we've My family has gone to games since my brother and I were little kids. My dad would take us when my mom was working night shifts at the hospital, and some of my fondest memories with, with my dad and my brother and my mom are at Stampeders games, or even just CFL football games in general. We've gone to see some Blue Bomber games in Winnipeg in the past as well, and those are always very special times for me and my family. As we all know, the Stampeders are an exceptional football team, and they have been for the last probably seven years or so, and it is a real pleasure to watch them play, and they've been the model of consistency and really the benchmark in the CFL for uh, the the last, you know, seven years, basically, um, probably more, actually, now that I think about it, and I don't know, this year is probably full of more intrigue than it has been in previous seasons. And as a season ticket holder, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. It's a weird feeling because we've gotten so used to seeing the Stampeders be so consistent, dominant, and just plain win. And there's been times in the past where we've been sitting at McMahon Stadium and it's halftime and the game's already over. And they're, they're just running teams out of the stadium. And while it's fun to see teams score a lot like that, on the other hand, the entertainment value is a little bit on the lower side just because you kind of want to see it be exciting, see, you know, plays that matter. That's a weird way to put it. But from a fan's perspective, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of what you want to see. You want to get the, the rivalry going. You want to get the blood boiling and get mad at the refs and all kinds of stuff. And when you're blowing out teams, that doesn't really happen. So this year, I think that there's a better, better chance for that to, for a little bit more competition to happen. And the reason why is because there have just been so many changes on this Stampeder team. Remember, of course, that the Stampeder team who won the Grey Cup last year in, in, again, rather convincing fashion. So the changes this year are going to be a, a bit of um, an unknown for a lot of us who uh, watch these games quite often. Now, when you have a championship team or even a team that's been as good as the Stamps have been over the past few years... It's only natural, especially for in the, the environment of the CFL, that you're going to have turnover. And I think football is just a, a matter of this as well. You don't see the same kind of tenureship in football that you would see in hockey. I think it's just that the nature of the sport and the physicality of it, and uh, it's an un- unfortunate reality, but the shelf life of most players is actually quite short in the CFL. And so you do see changes uh, all the time. Every season, there's somebody new. Now, for the Stampeders this year, there's been wholesale changes across the board and and a lot of guys who became free agents at the end of last season uh, went to greener pastures whether that's um, the chance to make more money with another team or a, a bigger role with another team or they got a shot at the NFL now 
for the Stampeders, they got the hit the hardest on defense by far. And I kind of just want to systematically go through all of this. So on defense, uh, on the defensive line in particular, they lost all-star Micah Johnson, who was their nose tackle and was just a phenomenal talent for them for a number of years, who uh, went to the hated Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They also lost Ja'Garrett Davis, who kind of was a bit unheralded until last year and then a bit the year before as well, but he was an uh, incredible rush end. And uh, those two will be sorely missed for the Stampeders as they created the vast majority of the pass rush for the Stamps. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they bounce back from losing those two. James Vodders as well, who was a pretty solid uh, rotation guy on the D-line, got a chance in the NFL. So good luck to him, and hopefully he does well there. Although, if not, I wouldn't be ashamed to see him come back to the Stampeders again. Uh, the linebackers, of course, there's been some notable changes there too. Um, Jameer Thurman and Alex Singleton both got shots at the NFL and all credit to them for that. Those guys were absolute monsters last year and they deserve every chance that they're getting in the NFL. Although similar sentiments to James Waters, if either of them don't make their team in the NFL, the, I'm hoping the Stamps can welcome them back with, with open arms because they were crucial parts of that Stampeder linebacking core and, uh, just tackling monsters, which in the CFL is the biggest difference between a good defense and a bad defense is the ability to make tackles. And that's been the hallmark of the, of the Stampeders defense for the last while. And those two guys were crucial parts of that skill set. Now in the defensive secondary, there has been some turnover there as well. And uh, some consistency too. I think the D line was hit less hard than the, than the linebackers and the defensive line were, but uh, a big loss for them was Siante Evans, who took a bit of a risk going to the Alliance of American football, which comically folded after seven games. Uh, and now he's plying his trade with the Montreal Alouettes along with Patrick Levels. And Levels, I guess you could kind of slide into the uh, linebacker side of things. And um, he was a fantastic rotational player for the Stamps. And he also pitched in quite heavily on special teams as well. So he will be missed on that side of things. On the offensive side uh, of the ball, there were, I guess, fewer changes. Some some surprising um, camp changes actually with Juwan Lynch getting uh, cut in favor of a couple other really high flying Canadians that we're hoping can uh, can make an impact. Um, but the receiving core is more or less the same with the exception of Kamar Jordan who's still out with injury, but he will be back uh, hopefully by the midpoint of the season. And uh, that's very good news, especially for Bo Levi Mitchell, who is also back uh, now one of the uh, more higher paid players in the CFL. And uh, quite honestly, deservedly so. The the man is just, he just wins games. And um, it's been a real pleasure to watch him from the stands every home game for the last seven years that he's been playing with the Stamps. He thinks the game on such a high level, his throws are usually quite accurate. And uh, it, it is quite nice that he's back for this season. It, it turns the, the Stamps season into something a little bit different than it would have been without him here. Not that there's no confidence in whoever else would have taken his spot, but Bo Levi Mitchell is Bo Levi Mitchell for a reason. And uh, I think the Stamps know that and the players know that and they gain confidence off of that as well. The biggest area of change for the Stamps on the offensive side of the ball is the O-line. And the biggest loss that they had was Spencer Wilson, who also went to the Montreal Alouettes last year. And he was a big part of the Stamps O-line for a number of years. Uh, the benefit there is it gives a couple of young guys opportunities to play more minutes, which is not a bad thing. Um, although it becomes a bad thing when your other stalwart, Canadian stalwart on the O-line, Brad Eridos, is out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, that was hard to take, I think, for the Stamps O-line. And as a, because of that, they're going to have to start some Americans, bring in some unprepared guys. But it gives them a chance to perform and gives guys to make a an opportunity to make a name for themselves. And 
Um, I think that it's going to be a question for them for a couple of games and watching game one um, from the stands, I'll probably touch on this a little bit more, but I believe I Mitchell was sacked more in that game than I think I've ever seen in, in the previous few seasons. And I think that's just a matter of the O-line trying to get their, get their stuff together and start to gel as a unit, which always takes time every year. But when you lose that kind of talent you do with Wilson and Erdos, um, it takes a little bit extra to try and get everything back on track. Now, that is probably one of the main questions for the Stampeders team is how is their O-line going to perform game to game? Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell is a great quarterback, like we've said, but he does rely on having time in the pocket to be able to accomplish what he needs to. It, the O-line and Mitchell combination is a very cohesive unit when it's working well together. And when it's not working well together, it's actually not that functional. Um, one of the knocks on, on Bo is that he's uh, not the best runner, and he probably would admit that too. And uh, that means he's, he will not be able to create the same kind of plays that um, a Dominic Davis would, for example, or even a Brandon Bridge, the guys who can, who can leg it out and kind of create something out of nothing. Bo is uh, a more of a patient general. Um, he uses his time to dissect defenses, but he needs time to be able to do that. And when that's taken away, um, things become a little more ineffective. But I have confidence in this O-line that they will get it together eventually. Stampeders coaching staff is excellent, too. Um, so they'll, they will get there regardless of the changes that they've had. The biggest question that I had myself coming into this season was on the defensive back side of things, especially losing Siante Evans. They were fantastic at shutting teams down in the past. And I wasn't sure that with the departures that they had, that they'd still be able to accomplish what they've been doing previously. But Honestly, watching the preseason games and watching the first game against Ottawa, that was like the least of the Stampeders' concerns. That defensive secondary was fantastic, I thought. The coverage was really good. They had four interceptions against Ottawa, albeit Dominic Davis looked a little bit shaky himself, but that you can't take that away from the Stampeders' secondary just in general. But I was very pleased with how they played, and I know that uh, Coach Bell probably is too. And I think that consistency amongst that whole group with uh, Bell... Um, Brandon Smith and uh, Jameer Wall all being involved is, sorry, Jamar Wall. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jamar. Um, <clears throat> that goes a long way to helping keep that consistency amongst that unit. Um, we've seen in, historically in the CFL that if you don't have a strong secondary, your team is, is uh, shit out of luck. And uh, I don't think that's going to be a risk for the Stamps at all this year, which is a very good thing. Similarly for the linebackers, uh, I mean, if, if the defensive back were my first concern, the linebackers are probably my second. Uh, the loss of Alex Singleton hurts, obviously. That guy, I mean, he was the, the, the tackle leader for the season last year in the whole CFL. It's really hard to replace a guy like that. But I think the Stamps actually found a reasonable replacement for him in... Uh, Corey Greenwood. And Greenwood's the kind of guy who played a similar style to Alex uh, when he was in Edmonton. He even got an NFL shot. And so I think he'll slide into that spot just perfectly. And if you if you look at the stat line from the last game against Ottawa, uh, Greenwood ended up with nine tackles on the game, which is exactly what Alex was pulling. I mean, he sometimes had double digits in the games, but if your middle linebacker can be that involved in plays, then you are setting yourself up for more victories than you are losses. I think the one question for Greenwood is, is his age, and, and I don't think he enjoys hearing that, obviously, but it is a question in football. Like we said, the, the uh, shelf life for players in football is not that long. Uh, however, if Greenwood can stay healthy and he can play the whole season, I think he's a very, very adequate replacement for Alex Singleton in that linebacking core. Uh, on the other side, you have a couple of young guys who are vying for the spots, and the one who's really of interest is Nate Hawley, and uh, he came out of nowhere, actually. 
but he played very well in, in camp and he has that same kind of tenacity that Alex did as well, but he would probably play um, at the outside linebacker side or the weak side linebacker side instead. And you'd have Jamar Wall playing the Sam linebacker spot like he always does as well, kind of rotating in and out with the secondary. And so I think the linebacking core is in good shape. Now onto the defensive line, and this is one that might actually take some time to get their footing under them. We talked about the, the losses that were incurred on that, that defensive line through free agency and through um, guys going to the NFL, getting chances there. And that kind of left some slim pickings as compared to what was last there last year. Um, the one returning guy of note, of course, is Codera Law, who uh, is a guy who can obviously get pressure on the quarterback and he can be that menace as long as he stays healthy. And I'm really hoping for his sake that he can this year because he is a fantastic guy on that defensive line. Um, and a couple of Canadians, Junior Turner and Fuller and Orimolade, um, unfortunately, even though things were looking promising to start off the season, both Turner and, and Orimolade, Orimolade, that's a really hard name to say, um, picked up injuries, and both of them are not insignificant, unfortunately. So the Stamps have had to sign Jabbar Westerman to, I guess, fill in in, in the meantime and, and get a little bit more, more bodies onto that, that defensive line. So um, that one is going to be the biggest question for the entire Stampeder team moving forward is how they can bring in these these guys and, and get them up to speed and make sure that they can contribute in the level that the Stampeders need, um, especially for their defense. They really need to get pressure on the quarterbacks. And they were able to pressure Dominic Davis fairly well in that game against Ottawa, but after Turner went down and they had to run three, three guys on that line, they were noticeably exhausted. And uh, come down the, the last stretch of that game, they were not able to get the required pressure on Davis. And it was a big reason why uh, Ottawa ended up tying or tying and surpassing the game or the, the score um, to eventually take the victory. And it, it wasn't really through much fault of the defensive lines. Um, they were subject to obviously being a man down and subject to a, um, a Stampeders offense that kind of went stagnant for the second half. Now, I guess I, I unknowingly went into my next topic here, which was to talk about the, uh, the first game of the season since the Stamps had a bye week last week as well. And... Uh, my first point I wrote down here was if there were any surprises in that game. And I, I mean, I guess the, the defensive line, or the, sorry, not the defensive line, the uh, defensive secondary was a bit of a surprise for me and how well that they played. There was Trey Roberson with his hat trick of interceptions, which was incredible. And uh, he had one heck of a game. I guess the most surprising thing about that was that Dominic Davis just kept throwing it his way. You would think after like one or two interceptions, you kind of just stopped throwing it to, to Trey because like... I mean, look at what happened. He had three interceptions that game. And uh, it's funny that they weren't able to adjust for that. But, I mean, Roberson will take it, obviously. Um, so that was definitely a surprise for me. Um, I thought the offense looked good for the first half of the game. And what was most surprising is that they completely disappeared for the second half of the game. And it was for a bunch of different reasons. Number one I touched on before was that Bo was just getting pressured like crazy. And the offensive line did struggle to keep him clean. And he was getting sacked all over the place, which you don't normally see. And you don't normally see the O-line giving up that kind of pressure either. And I don't expect that to continue either. Those are very proud guys. They're very skilled guys. And they will come back stronger for Saturday's game against BC for sure. I mean, if they don't, then Bo's just going to get murdered. So let's hope for the best there. Um, I thought the receivers looked pretty decent. There were a couple uh, balls that were dropped that were catchable. There were a couple receivers who were wide open that were missed. And it's very, I don't know, it's typical for early in the season uh, in the CFL. Overall, game one, 
um, was disappointing because they lost. And, and as, a, as a fan sitting in McMahon Stadium, you don't normally see the Stampeders lose. And so I guess that was kind of a surprise, too. You kind of get used to that, that, that sense of security. And it even happened in that game, too, that by the time halftime came around, you were like, okay, I guess it's time to pack it in and stop paying attention because the Stamps are just going to cruise to another victory. And that ended up not happening, that there was a surprise victory at the end by the opposing team, which is not common at all. And I don't think it's going to be common again for the rest of the season. This team is better than what they showed in game one. But what it did show was that they do have work to do. Um, this is not the same team that it was last year. It's not the same team it was even the year before. They have a lot of new guys, a lot of rookies who are, are out to prove themselves. And I think they're going to do just that. I'm not concerned at all at this point. Um, this is still a very impressive team. And I think they still are one of the favorites uh, to lead the league for this season. Now, looking ahead to the rest of the season, um, of, of course, coming up on Saturday is uh, game two for them against the BC Lions and the Lions who suffered a, a pretty handy defeat against the Edmonton Eskimos last week. And that was just an emotionally charged game with Mike Riley playing back in Edmonton again for the first time. And uh, they're going to be out for blood. And not to mention, it's going to be the return of Devon Claybrooks to Calgary, who very deservedly got his shot at a head coaching position in BC. And while we wish them all the best for that, we also wish that we will just win that game too and just rub it in their faces. Uh, there's a couple of, of former Stampeders playing for the BC Lions right now, not just their coach, uh, but also former linebacker for the Stamps, Malik Harris, and uh, former and Grey Cup hero, um, Lamar Durant in the receiving core. So it'll be kind of cool to see those guys again, albeit in really odd colors. Um, but I have high hopes for the Stamps in this game, even though they, they've had to make some adjustments to their roster because of injuries from last, last week or the week before that. Um, they were kind of handed their lunch against Ottawa in, in a number of ways, and I fully expect them to bounce back in each and every one of those ways. Uh, for one, I expect the O-line to be better, and as a result of that, I expect Bo Levi Mitchell to be better. Um, I expect him to be more accurate. I expect him to command, command the field like he normally does, and I have no concern that that's likely what's going to end up happening. Looking down the stretch <clears throat> for the, the next part of the season anyways, um, I, I, I see some turbulence for this team coming up a little bit, and I don't think that they're going to have another 14-win season like they've had in the past. Um, they might reach 12. Um, they'll probably get into double digits again. Uh, depending on how the rest of the Western Conference goes, um, there is a chance that they don't finish first in the West. You could look at Edmonton, and they are a strong team again this year. Even though they went through some massive changes, their, their um, management staff did really well to bring in new talent to replace the old talent that they left as well. So um, I think you'll see them kind of middle of the pack, upper pack in the West. And BC, the BC Lions are the ones, they actually are the ones I really want to see play. Unfortunately, I'm not going to make the game on Saturday this weekend due to being out of town. Uh, I'll try to watch it on TV anyways, but these are the guys who could challenge for that top spot in the West. I don't see the Riders being much of a threat. They'll probably be middle of the pack. Um, Winnipeg is going to be the biggest threat in, in the West. They are the most consistent from last year. They have lots of high-powered tools uh, to put to good use. Their problem always historically is that like they've always had good players and they've always had good tools, but they've never been able to put those tools um, to good use to actually generate the wins that they need. There's always something that comes up that throws them off and they just become a, a, a every season disappointment. And I kind of rub this into my dad's face because he is a, a bit of a Winnipeg bomb, Blue Bombers fan being from Winnipeg and all. Um, but I truly think that this is their, their year to make it or break it. Uh, if you look at the, the, the staff that they have and the roster that they have, this is, this is their year 
to make a run for it. And if there's one team that's going to get in their way, it's probably going to be the Stampeders. Um, but one thing's for certain, it's going to be really fun to watch for the rest of this year. I love the CFL. I'm so happy that it's back, and I can't wait to get back out to McMahon Stadium to watch another game for the for the Stamps, or even watch it on TV, too. Um, I, I do hope that the CFL can generate more viewership, especially with their new partnerships coming from Mexico and even in, in Europe and stuff. Just, you know, create more of the CFL brand, make it a younger brand. Uh, we still hear too much classic rock in the stadiums for, for my liking, but guys my age should be getting more into it. And, and the kids who are coming up now should be getting more into it. It's a great league. It's a fun league. And I personally can't wait to, to watch more of it. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, this is a little bit shorter than uh, my podcasts have historically been, but uh, I, I suspect I'll have some more substance to talk about as the season goes on for the Stamps. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening, and we will see you next time.